welcome to episode 208 of Effect Career Opportunities. I'm Dave. And I'm Matthew. And um, I was planning on saying we've got quite a light episode for you uh, this this time, the episode just can, one week before. I can hear the, hear the cheers. Hooray! Thank God for that, a light episode. Yeah, but you know what? We've filled it with shit now, so there's plenty to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yes. Indeed. So, uh, as usual, we have new patrons to say thank you to. So, we'll be saying thank you to them in a while. Whoop. We've got a little extra item all about what we're doing at Games Expo and making sure that you can come to. Um, we've got uh, some World of Gaming news, obviously. And then I've got to say, I'm a bit jealous of you and uh, all, all the plaudits you're going to be getting when. Uh, when Building Better Worlds comes out for Alien. So I wanted to talk a little bit about my own Alien colonial efforts. And <laughs> I'm going to talk about some careers, which I don't think are appearing in the book. But um, but they, there's some stuff we did for the Colony campaign, uh, which our listeners can find on YouTube. And I think maybe we should um, we should edit for the for the audio channel here at some point. Yeah, I think that's a very good idea. Yeah. Um... But yes, yeah, so, I mean, don't forget there is there is some of your stuff in the book, so you should be getting yourself a uh, <laughs> yeah, a nice little additional writing credit. So, um, but yes, there was definitely quite a lot of the stuff that we'd done back then didn't get into the book, and yeah, I think that's a great idea. It'd be interesting to talk through some of that. I, I I thought they were they were pretty good. Cool, cool. I mean, it, it, it's interesting that in the course of thinking about it for this, I I kind of talked myself out of it, but but you shouldn't. Listen, listen to the article, boys and girls, and enjoy. <laughs> that's that's how to foreshadow a really exciting part of the thing. Well, when I was doing it, I thought it was a bit shit, but you should <laughs> listen to it anyway. Yeah, nice, nice one, man. Well, yeah, yeah I, I'm always good at that. Five years, you'd have worked it out by now. Um, have we just part? So this has just occurred to me. When was our fifth anniversary? Four. I think we, we've flown past it without even noticing it. Yeah. Because it, 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 it's early May, isn't it, we started? Was it May or was it March even? Even March. I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I look, can but... I go back to the website and have a look, mate. And that's what I'll do. Uh, go on, Give then. me a moment. I, th uh, I thought it was May, early May, but I could be wrong. But either way, we've just, whew, like a good deadline, we've flown straight past it. Yeah, we haven't done any special anniversary episodes or no, anything. No, exactly. That's a bit of a miss. Oh, oh, I've got an idea about how we can fix this. <laughs> we can fix this in post, Dave, or rather, we can fix um, this next week. We can say that we always plan to, to have our fifth anniversary episode at, at UK, UK Games, Games Expo. <laughs> Excellent. Good thinking. Good thinking, Batman. We'll... Yes. We'll bring so presents. Let's, let's People can this. get presents let's... from us for us for our fifth episode. I'm, yeah, That's, yeah, yes. We'll we'll think about this while we're talking about other stuff. But then in a little while we're going to be talking about Expo. So now we're going to be talking about our anniversary spectacular at Expo, <laughs> and we'll make it sound like we planned that all along. Yes, excellent. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the, the, the the wonderful power of editing. Excellent. <laughs> We're not even uh, editing, just talking really quickly. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, yes. let's get straight on to uh, new patrons then. Yes. Um, Go on then. Uh, you said we have a new, we have a new we, patron. We, we've got a new patron. Um, Woohoo! Woohoo! Yes. Thank you, new patron, whose name is Grey Nimlet. Now, I've got to say, I don't think that's his real name. I think that I was might say, really be got, his internet you've handle. His, you've got to thank his parents if that is his real name. <laughs> <haven't you? laughs> but yeah, cool. No, thank you. Brilliant to have you on board. Yeah, it's always good to have uh, a, a new patron join us. It's uh, It feels... I mean, I thinking about our, our fifth anniversary that's just gone... Um, I, I'm constantly stunned that anybody even listens to us, let alone uh, <laughs> yeah, says uh, they, they'd like to support us in doing what we do. Uh, so so it, it is a special treasure to not just you, Grey Nimlet, but to all our patrons. I offer you a special fifth anniversary thank you. Indeed. I, I suspect that, that for some reason people are a bit foolish enough when they listen to us and go, well, yeah, I'll give it a punt. 
And then when they find the nicest place on the internet, with our, that's our, the reason for dis- staying. Our Discord, it's got nothing to do with you and me. It's got to do with all the fabulous people that are on there. So um, we're just the very lucky beneficiaries of, uh, of 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 the of the fabulous community who are who are all wonderful. Yeah, and I just want to point out yeah. that our first podcast was dated May the eighth. So you are entirely right. We missed it. Yeah, I but so. I also want to point out that's May the eighth, twenty seventeen. It's six years. Not five. <laughs> yeah, six <laughs> Fucking hell. Okay, bloody hell. Six years. Yeah. So we really, we really missed our fifth anniversary. Then. <laughs> We're only a year and a bit late. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> our sixth anniversary oh, wow. spectacular <laughs> oh, yeah. at UK <laughs> Games Expo. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Six years. Uh, yeah. But it's about time we gave up, isn't it? Don't you think? Uh, well, maybe, maybe we should. Um, we might be running out of stuff to say. Uh, but now we've got, got all like, these... I'm not sure we're ever going to run out of things to say, <laughs> frankly. Now, now we've got all these patrons supporting us. We have to carry on. We do. We do. We have to do it for the people. I'll tell you what we do. If if we ever do decide that we've got to give it up, which I think would be, um, you know, maybe after you are... Such a successful full-time um, game designer that you really haven't got time for the podcast. Then we'll, we'll warn our patrons first, and then we'll we'll play out with some specials or something like that. We won't. Do... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see that day coming anytime soon. Quite yet, now, do. You know, what you being successful you as a games designer? No. <laughs> well, that, that too. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm doing all right. <laughs> You're I'm not doing that. Okay. And I got you know, Ken and Robin still do their podcast and they're like, you know, mega stars of game design. Well, exactly. Yeah. So um so yeah. And they haven't run out of stuff to say either. So uh so yeah. There's always something to say. Always but what I'm what I'm say. saying here is we won't pod fade. We will just No, 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 absolutely not. No, no. We will stop with a planned stop if ever we stop. Yeah. Um or if one of us kills yeah. the other, then you know that 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 could equally happen, but uh, well, then 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 we're looking for a new co-host, I guess. <laughs> when we come out of prison, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't think you I'm could sure be justifiable. You... Well, if I were to kill you, it would be justifiable homicide, obviously. But if you were to kill me, then you think I don't think there's any reason for that. <laughs> we will see. Anyway, <laughs> um. Gray Nimlet, thank you so much for uh, for supporting us. It's um, brilliant to have you on board. If you're not on the Discord yet, get on there and come and come and join the chat. It's uh, it's a really great place. Yes, do come and join the chat. I think I've seen Gray Nimlet arrive on the Discord, but in, interact with us. Interact with everybody on the Discord. You'll you'll love it. You'll love it. Now, um, world of gaming. What do we got in the world of gaming? Well, UK Games Expo is our first oh, port of call. That's our first item on the running order. You're quite right. Having spoken about it rather a lot, and you've just going to skip an entire, an entire ten-minute segment of the show. Yes. Yeah, so for the last um, couple of weeks, Dave, we have been planning to have our six, our six anniversary spectacular at, <laughs> at, at UK Games Expo. We have. We? We've been. We have, and we're pleased to announce it here today. Our sixth anniversary podcast at UK Games Expo on the Saturday at five o'clock in. I don't remember which room it's in. Oh, God. It's not, it's not the Meeple room. It's the other one. It's not the Meeple room. It's the other one. Um, <laughs> brilliant, Dave. Brilliant. Tell you what, you carry on uh, talking about what we're going to do in there, and I'll look it up on my chat with Millie. Um, yes. Give me a moment. So, um, it, it might not be on the chat, the room we're in. Anyway. I think um, it is. So, uh, but carry so, on yeah, talking. So for this... This, this is going to be our first time doing a, a live podcast. Yeah. Quite how it's going to work, I'm not sure. Um, it, you'll get our, our usual standard of professionalism and slip production <laughs> values, of course. But obviously, we, uh, we're inviting everyone to come and join us. The The podcast is going to um, uh, have a special guest, Johan Noor, who's uh, the mind or one of the minds behind Merck Boyer and all the um, Cyborg and all that, the, the related products. He's always a great pleasure to have around. He's got lots to say. And, um, yeah, we're going to talk about games and talk about UK Games Expo and try and get our lovely audience to uh, to give us their views. A bit of a, not really a call-in show, but a, but, but a, uh, um, 
an opportunity for everyone to chat and get involved. We will have some goodies to give away. Some free yes. goodies. So Our sixth anniversary we're presents we're giving away. Quite how we're going to manage that process. I don't know. We might have a raffle. We might have some kind of competition. I don't know. But there's going to be a few little bits and bobs which will be given away on the day. So come along. It's five o'clock in the... In the Dice Room. In the Dice is Room. NEC Piazza 4. So, uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be really good fun. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I don't really know what to expect. But, um, yeah, it should be a blast anyway. So come along. If, you've, uh, if you're going to be there, come along and, and join the show. It'll be yeah. great. I'm bringing four mics. So the idea is that each of us have a mic and we'll have a mic for the audience as well on a stand so that people come up and uh, can we can okay. hear them properly. They don't have to shout answers from the audience. Uh, I did look into having one of those mics you throw around the audience because they sounded like really good fun, but they're like 400 quid. Uh, so uh-huh. um, we love you, our listeners, but we don't love you that much. I'll tell you, though, <laughs> uh, a little bit more about how much we love you, though. I'm, it's going to be tough getting to UK Games Expo this year and particularly this Saturday. Uh, there's a train strike, um, which oh, isn't going to be yeah. helpful. Yeah. Um, so uh, a lot of people are going to be driving up there. And um, I just thought, you know, some people might want to come and listen to us live. They're mad, obviously, but but they, they want to come <laughs> and listen to us live. But they might not be able to afford it. So um, we are going to give away uh, two tickets just for the Saturday. I'm afraid I can't do the whole, whole thing. Um, two tickets for Games Expo which uh, you can pick up from us on the day. We'll come out and find you and give them to you. Um, if you. If you feel the need and you haven't got the money to come to Games Expo and, they, and getting a free ticket would help, drop us a line on, uh, uh, on Twitter at Effect uh, Podcast or on Facebook at Effect Podcast or on email at feedback at effectpodcast.org effect of course all this time with a k hey. and the first two people to drop us a line uh we will we'll make a deal with you that we can come out when you arrive and give you a ticket to games expo first come first served first come first served um yeah, cool and so yeah if that's uh if that's a barrier to you coming it's a barrier that we can do something about um Excellent. have we got any other if, um games expo news yeah, so there is a, um, on the Friday, there is a uh, seminar that I'm running at three o'clock. Was it three? It's 3.30 now in the uh, in the Meeple Room, where I've, uh, I've, I've got the floor to talk a little bit about um, 10 tips for better writing and game design. So really, this is just an opportunity for me to spout on about my experience and what I found good and bad in terms of um, the work I've been doing in the last, you know, couple of years. I want it to be a conversation. Actually, you know, last time I learned a lot from the audience as well. So it's great for me to, to get people along and have a lovely conversation. Hopefully it'll be a bit of fun and um, opportunity to chat to a bunch of people and, and talk about game design and writing. Cool. Um, so so 3.30 in the Meeple Room on Friday, that is. That's on Friday. 3.30 on Friday, so, that is. Now, um, I was doing the rotor for, our, you know, our shifts on on the actual stall because we're, we're there to run the free league stall, Dave, not to we are. punts about being freelance writers. Um, <laughs> and, and I'd done the rotor and then you told me the bloody thing had changed. Why have you changed the time? Well, it wasn't my fault. It was um, bloody Ben Aronovich's fault because he's come along to talk about rivers of London, I think. And yep. he decided, or he decided uh, the schedule landed him at two o'clock on Friday afternoon. Directly in competition was, with yours. I so see. Directly in competition with mine. So um, obviously I didn't want Ben to be disappointed with the Yeah, when nobody turned out to his. That's right. Because yeah. they were obviously coming to talk to me. Mm. So I, out of the goodness of my heart, I decided to uh, to change it and push my slot back an hour and a half. So yeah. I hope I hope Ben is appreciative of that when yeah. he talks to the audience that he will now have. Um, I, think it, yes. I think it's always good so, to help out uh, you know, young starting writers so, by giving you know, them lesser, less, lesser creators. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, I want to do. I, I want to find him out of hours at some point when he isn't being mobbed by everybody. Um, hopefully, he'll be at the KSM stand a bit early or something like that. And I'm going to take my copy of Rivers of London and get it signed. 
because I'm a big ah, Ben Aronovich yes. sa- fan. And maybe even I, my wife has given me a nice hardback of one of his books. And so um, uh, maybe I'll take that one nice. as well. Nice. <sighs> yeah. So um, I, uh, yesterday I was um, running the third episode of Olenia uh, Bay with the Band of Badgers, uh, which is great fun. Um, there, there is there is a relevance here. Yeah, um, I'm waiting are, for it. They're, they're, <laughs> they're going to be at uh, UK Games Expo's press this year, right? so we'll obviously catch up with them at some point. But they were saying, if I was around and they brought their books, would 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 we sign their books for them? Yeah. So I went, yes. So I rooted out our silver and our gold signing pens. We've got Excellent. them here. They're all safe and sound. And yeah, so if anybody if anybody's foolish enough to want to come along and get their alien book signed by uh, by you or me, then we will be there waiting to sign. And we won't even charge for it. We'll do it for free. I, I think so, we bought we bought those pens about five years ago, didn't we? Um, yeah, we've used them a couple of times, <laughs> but they, there's plenty of ink left in them. That's for sure. <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> yeah, cool. cool. But yes, so if uh, if people did want anything like that that we've worked on signing, then. We will be yeah, there. or even we, anything we, we haven't worked on. Go on, we'll take credit for anything you want to bring us. Happy to sign anything, frankly, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll be at the Free League stand. Free League stand is in Hall 1, and we are stand 538 on Free League Avenue. You won't be able to miss us. Um, we've got a nice hanging banner this year. So no matter where you are in the halls, you'll be able to find us, which would be cool. Um, come along and see us. Everything at the stand is going to be 20% off the... The website price. Mm-hmm. So about twenty percent off the website price. About you know, yeah, we're, about, we're rounding it to the nearest pound and stuff like that. So, yeah. So yeah. But it's near, near enough. So come along and, and fill your boots uh, and your bags and your suitcases with lovely free league stuff, and come and chat to us. We're and come and have a game with us as well. We're going to be running. Well, yes. You're going to run Alien, which is where we I'm started at UK Games Expo. I'm going to be running. Lord of the Rings role-playing. Lord of the Rings 5e. 5e, thank you. Uh, We've got Simba Room, proper Simba Room. Uh, We've got uh, more Lord of the Rings, because obviously that's the big game that's out. Uh, And we've got a Mork board. So so sign up for some of those games. uh, And if you're interested, come come along early and sign up early, because they they are going to be first come, first served as well. Yeah. Um, and they do tend to fill up pretty quickly. So yeah. if you're interested, get to the stand as first as soon as you arrive, have a quick look at the schedule, sign yourselves up, and then go off and do your shopping. What I think we might do is not fill out... The, remember when we ran Alien, we filled out the whole weekend, and then people didn't turn up for the last couple of games? I think we might say, come to us every morning. And Yes, yeah, and definitely. That's what I did last year with yeah. the demos. Cool. Uh, much easier to do that, and then it's 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 only fair on those people who only come on the Saturday or the Sunday that they get um, looking. Yeah, yeah. If yeah, exactly. If the if the games are booked up on Friday morning, then then that's a bit unfair on them. So at least they've got a fighting yeah. chance if they're interested in coming to uh, join us for a demo. But if you want to come and see us as soon as you get in, we should be visible from the entrance, or at least our banner should, and you know where. To oh find yeah, us. you won't be able to miss us. Yeah, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, our ceiling banner is going to be. Visible from everywhere in Hall 1 is going to be visible from the entrance to Hall 2. The, what, the entrance Hall 1 to Hall 2. So if you're on the top level of Hall 2, you're ready to see that as well. No excuse. No, no excuse. excuse. Come and see us. It'll be great. Brilliant. And uh, we will have, because we've got five people, we'll have a little bit more time on hand um, if you Hopefully, want to yeah. go and take us for a coffee or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Just saying. Just yes. saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, is that enough Games Expo? Have we talked about everything we need to talk about I in Games Expo? I think that's enough Games Expo. That's probably everything. Cool. Um, yeah, look forward to it because it's going to be a good one. And it looks like the weather might be okay as well. So that's always a bonus. Yes. And I guess we ought to say, although we've said we're doing a live recording at Games Expo, that episode will be out the week after. There won't be an extra bonus episode next week. I can't think we can be sitting at the stall, you know, editing the episode, ready to put it out on the, on the Sunday. No. Um, no, sadly not. No, we're going to be a bit too busy. For yeah. Brilliant. Okay, now the Ooh. rest of the world of gaming. What have we got in the rest yes. of the world of gaming? I can't remember. It's so long since I wrote the list. Um, well, the first thing you talked about was Critical Role's Candela Obscura. Which yeah. I know nothing about because I don't really. I've talked before, but I don't really watch Critical Role or anything like that. 
So um, what's that all about? I, I shall sound surprised and do some guffawing. Well, you shouldn't sound too surprised, Dave, because we talked about this <laughs> last week or last episode, I should say. I know, but I, you know, I've got the memory, you know, memory span of a fish when it comes to this. Kind so of stuff, last so. episode, I said, oh, uh, critical role of just announced a thing. And it looks an awful lot like Vason, but it's their own system, apparently, is a pricey of what I said. And so um, if we talked about it last week. Why are we talking about it now? Because it's actually come out and they've actually okay. said that, yes, it is based on a mashup of Vason and Blades in the Dark. So system-wise, it's mostly using Forge in the Dark system, their own twist on it. But some of their own twists have been a little bit of Vason-wise. Now, I think think one of the reasons why we're talking about this is you can now download a sort of uh, quick start version of the game. So by all means, have a look at it, you know, adapt it to run it in the proper rule set, which is Vason, obviously. Um, We have to say that because we're... uh, um, Free League fanboys and shills, shills, <laughs> yeah. fanboys and shills. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's not, no, let's not try and obfuscate anything here, you know. And uh, by are. all means, if you enjoy that sort of thing, then you should look at it. I think the first episode is now out on YouTube, and if it is, I'll find a link and put that in the show notes as well. But yeah, it was really interesting to see a tweet from one of the designers of the game. So yes, we took Blades in the Dark and we took Jason and we mashed them together. Now, obviously, I think. And maybe Wizards of the Coast would disagree, but I think Critical Role mm-hmm. has had a huge impact on the popularity of D&D. And I think it's brought a whole bunch of new players in. There was a survey, coincidentally, that Wizards of the Coast brought out, which they do every year, but something like 75% of D&D players, their first um, experience of D&D was 5th edition. and. Yeah. They're all, you know, quite young. and Well, they're not all quite young. There's a lot of old ones as well. Uh, but, you know, I, I think a lot of people were brought in um, into the hobby by Critical Role and, and other shows like Critical Role. So Critical Role being the biggest show and going specifically with a different system, which is um, uh, Forged in the Dark, effectively, um, yeah, I think it's yeah, yeah. going to be kind of interesting. And I just wonder whether now some of that goodness of um, critical role attraction w- may bring some people into the Vason camp. I mean, mm. obviously, what they're hoping yeah, is it, it'll, you know, it'll bring people into the games they're publishing. But um, what I think they're planning on doing with their system is do it in different genres at different times. So, you know, there may be a science fiction one at some point in the future. This particular thing candela obscura is about four episodes long so right. you know maybe if you want to get more vase in action you'll start watching vase and uh, actual plays or listening to them um and and playing vase which you can buy from us at uk games expo just throw that in i mean it's interesting i mean i've played a bit of blades of the dark and i i enjoyed it but the the, the system takes a bit of getting used to and mm. the way it works and that, I don't think it's going to be for everybody, and it might not be for um, you know for you know it might not be an easy next step for those who've only ever played D and D five e. Yeah, so it's interesting that they might see it, and that that might actually push them in the direction of Vess. And if they if they find um, you know forged in the dark a little bit difficult to to, to get into, so interesting. It's a good opportunity. I like it. You know, it's and it's good that Critical Role are doing different things. And mm. I think that's um, it's nice to, to 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 broaden the horizons for for different people beyond Five E because it's very easy I think for people to get into to get in you know, get stuck into that rut as it were and and have a great time and enjoy love love the game and enjoy playing it but there's there's a much bigger world of role playing out there than just Five E yeah obviously but if you're a Five E fan then there's exciting news from uh, Free League our favourite games company. <laughs> And that is that their um, their launch of a, a, a sort of camp or well, six adventures that make a sort of mini campaign for the One Ring, Tales from the Lost Realm, is getting a simultaneous publication in Five E version, where it's called Tales from Eriador, um, for the Lord of the Rings role playing game. And that is cool. coming with the ruins of Eriador, which is the same as the ruins of the Lost Realm, which came out six months ago, um, 
for the One Ring? It's um, it, it's yeah, it's an interesting strategy. It's a bit confusing. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, I, I, I mean, I, I, I haven't read all the stuff about it, so I'm not. You know, you've obviously looked at looked at the um, uh, you know, the press releases mm-hmm. and 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 read it, so you understand what's what. But from what you've just said, and from what I know, I've got no idea whether Tales of the Lost Realm, Ruins of the Lost Realm, Tales from Eridor, Rules of Ruins of Eridor, which is what and where, and you know, so it just feels a bit, I don't know, just a bit confused to me. Yeah, so uh, I think it's interesting that they obviously want to differentiate between the two. They don't want somebody picking up the wrong version of Tales from the no, Lost Realm absolutely. for their rule yeah. set. So that's why they've got the two titles there. Um, but they are very similar still, though. I mean, it's it's going to be an easy mistake to make if you're in a rush. So. Yeah, I mean, if you're in if you're in a bookstore and you see the two side by side, I think the the clever thing is the the way the covers look very different. So the style of artwork is yeah, the, the you know the uh, there's a very Martin Grip style to the One Ring stuff and a very more much more if you like generic fantasy and i don't want to do it down you know it's lovely artwork but it it looks yeah. more like the cover of a D book um yeah for uh legends of the sorry lord of the rings role-playing game um i think the issue is what's the difference between tales uh, or ruins of each version be they lost realm or area door because yeah. In a way, just, ruins of the just lost the same realm concept with a different name. Yeah, is is it's still got adventure sites in it, but they're not quite so consistent. So uh, one of our patrons, uh, Frank, was just saying, "Oh, the family have agreed to um, uh, to, to do some yeah. one ring. Which should I go for?" And my strong advice, having a, had a look at the both, is go with tales, which gives you a structured adventure. And throw in some bits from ruins if you want to add colour or you know a mini adventure or whatever. I think that's the way to yeah. do it. So I think the, the what the reason you're confused, Dave, is that what really brought out for us in the Torland ruins of the Lost Realm isn't really a campaign and maybe should have been simultaneously produced alongside um, alongside a campaign yeah. like they're doing with the with the Lord of the Rings stuff, but. Um, but yeah, we shall see. You know, uh, I think we've already talked about the um, the hectic production schedule that these guys have yes. and the, yeah, yeah. the project management difficulties they've been facing with a couple of other products. So um, we'll just see how this pre-order goes and um, before I think making any judgment about whether it worked or not, maybe. Yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Lord of the Rings in 5e. I think that a lot of people are going to be very, very interested and excited by that, which is cool. Um, and it might, you never know, encourage them to give the One Ring a try and yes. try a different system. So, yeah. Um, cool. Now, I have got to talk, or rather, I've got to ask you about the Walking Dead PDFs because even though I batch at the minimum level that gets me the PDFs and I've got the PDFs, I have not looked at them. Um, yeah, so we, we talked quite a bit about Walking Dead last time. Yeah. Um, so I won't I won't rehearse what we said then, but they have since then released uh, updated files, uh, including um, alpha versions of pre-made player characters, which is going to be cool, which is fine. Um, but also to go with that, you've got uh, a survival mode scenario called the Wolves Den. Now I haven't looked at it yet, but I thought the interesting thing was last time we were talking about how. Um, What's the right way of putting it? How not fat <laughs> the uh, the content looked. Yeah, and there's quite a lot of comments about um, this is going to be quite a slim a book, more, a bit more of the law and stuff. And like, yeah, you know, there's, there's a whole discussion we can have there on the rights and wrongs of, of what's happened. Um, but they also flagged up that there wasn't a core book scenario, introductory scenario mm. in with it. Now, less than two weeks later, we have an introductory scenario being put out at the time last time i was saying well um is this just that they've put they've 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 issued some of the content and then they've got more content to come so either this is free league have heard the comments and gone oh shit yeah we should probably have had an introductory scenario let's do one double quick and that's very quick 
That would be very quick for a free league. Very, very quick. Um, or they always had this on the on you know on the production schedule, and they just didn't put it out at the same time as the PDF. Yeah, and they didn't, oh, and they, and they really. forgot to tell people that here's the PDF. There is more content coming. Yeah, but we wanted to get these core this core stuff out to you. So interesting that they've done it, which is great, and I think that's the right thing to have done. Um, having a introductory scenario in that core book, I think, is really important. Um, so good. I haven't looked at it yet. I'll have a look at it, and maybe we can chat about it next time. Um, about how it looks and how it feels, but uh, at least they've done it, which is great. So that is either it was good. always there, it was always there. They just didn't tell us it was coming, or they've been super fast in going right. Let's whip up a scenario, and obviously get it into production quality. I think, you know, it, it, th- that can't be right. You can't do it that quickly. So um, I suspect it was always there. They just didn't tell us that it was coming. I I like to think that that was the case that you know because uh, for whatever reason they were going you know let's just do the beta rules first we can drip this stuff out over time you know maybe to keep yeah. people's interest up in it um, maybe to make adaptations on the way as it as people call out certain you know typos and things in the rules I like to think that's the way they did it I I I I don't like to imagine that they thought oh hmm, silly. Silly us, we've got a bit of scenario and let's add it in. Um, I'd be surprised. Yeah. I'd be surprised. Um, and again, the speed of, of getting this from Flash to Bang um, strongly suggests that it was at least <laughs> partly produced already, if not yeah. entirely. Yeah. You know, nearly there. Okay. Um, cool. Let's move on then to an interesting Kickstarter, which I'm I'm not entirely sure about, but I heard an interview about it. And it was brilliant. Uh, that was, The interview was brilliant. Uh, and it's a concept I think more people should know about. And it's on Kickstarter. And it is the Mystery Flesh Pit National Park. Yeah, I think, I think there's a bit of me that says this is the kind of thing that nobody should know about. Because <laughs> it's just so, so weird. But go on, tell me all about it. I've only had a quick look at the uh, Kickstarter page since you mentioned it. So, so uh, go on, tell me why everyone should know about the Mystery Flesh Pit National Park. As you might imagine, uh, this has a certain Cthulhu-ish nature about it. And uh, as I understand it from the interview, which I listened to a few weeks ago, and I totally then forgot about it until uh, I saw it was on Kickstarter, um, the, the concept actually came out of a kind of spoof website for the Mystery Flesh Pit National Park, which which purports to be a national park in Montana or somewhere, where back in the you know late 19th, early 20th century, we discovered a mystery flesh pit, a great big pit of flesh and a weird biolog- <laughs> biosphere around it. And as it says here, um oil men accidentally drill into a living bear moth spread over hundreds of miles just beneath the dusty plains of West Texas. West Texas, nowhere near Montana. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, Sorry, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, like, you know, really flag up your complete lack well, no, of grasp of the detail there. As I say, I'm remembering this in the interview some way back, and and so anyway, <sighs> there was a little creative team behind it that put put together the website for the Mystery Flesh Pit National Park, which you can go and visit now um, as a website, not actually the park. I hope, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you could plan an imaginary visit to the Mystery Flesh Pit National Park. On the website, I'm sure, and it tells you about all all the facilities and things to look out for, and a bunch of interpretation about the history. Anyway, fast forward to um, now, there is a Kickstarter for uh, the the Mystery Flesh Pit National Park uh, adventure game, role playing role playing game. game, and um, as you might imagine, it's going to be quite Cthulhu. There'll be some exploration. They'll uh, Oh, I'm on the National Park website. I was going to look at the actual um, Kickstarter. Well, I've gone back. Yeah, I'm on the Kickstarter at the moment. Yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, so you can take characters, uh, take the the you know roles of characters, take the tour. Right? Um, and, and experience the Fleshbit National Park for yourself, effectively. Um, uh, yeah, as I say, I'm not entirely sure whether I'm going to buy into this project because I'm generally not massively keen on Cthulhu, but um, it's got its own system, I believe. 
Uh, so, but I'm sure it's going to want... be. It's powered by the cipher system. Oh, that was it, cipher system. Yep. Yes. No, I remember them yep. saying that in the interview. But I think there's also going to be a fifth edition version if you, if enough people back it. Um. So yeah. So yeah, I think I might let some of my cipher playing friends here locally, who I will be playing with uh, shortly in the afternoon. Um, yeah. Cool. Buy it and. Um, and maybe I'll play in it then, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it's one of it's it's one of those things. Looking at the at the um both the website for the uh, you know for the, for the for the actual mystery flesh pit national park and the the Kickstarter, it's one of those things that is so fucking weird. It's almost it's it should be cool, and it's it's very nicely done, and I, I love some of the artwork. Uh, it's got a nice, it's got quite a um. Mechatron feel to the style of artwork mm-hmm. for some of it, which is quite, which is nice. It's a, it's a nice, it's a lo- lovely style. Uh, I don't, I won't be, I won't be backing this. I'm not, I, I think for me, I can't, just looking at the page here, it doesn't grab me and say, this is what it is and this is what you're doing. This is the story you're telling. So it just feels a bit unusual and a bit weird. Um, but they're doing well. I mean, they've they've got forty thousand pounds plus already pledged, um, way past their goal. So they obviously they are gonna they are gonna succeed. Um, yeah, I mean, all power to them. It's not something I'm gonna back though. <laughs> I've got to say, the one thing that really attracts me to backing it is to back it at the thirty dollar level, for the only reason that the thirty dollar level is called the docent level, um, and. For anybody like me who's had a career in this industry, indeed founded on the book written by a National Parks employee, a docent is what you might call a tour guide or an an interactor at many a national trust or uh, many a national, many a heritage site is what I'm trying to say. And um, yeah, I, I, I love the word docent. Um, it's one of the reasons why uh, there's an ability called uh, docity in our in our role-playing game is we should use docent more and i'm i'm keen to see that docent is in the in the on the staff and on the uh pledge levels for for this but uh yeah fill your boots people we'll put a link in the show notes uh without yeah. any recommendation to buy or to not buy but it's there check it out and check yeah. out the and we'll put a link to the to the actual national park uh website yeah as well website yeah Cool. Yeah, it's uh, we- it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, that might be good though. So, and cool. finally, the last bit of uh, news, I think, world of gaming from the world of yep. gaming. D and D books are going up in price. Are they now? So, what what are they going up to from and to? So, is this a big hike? Is this a big hike, or uh, is it just? <sighs> I guess I guess the thing to do is to do it in dollars for our international audience. Um, so they've been about fifty dollars. They're going up to about sixty dollars, um, which is quite the hike when you think about it. But I twenty percent. I I think it's long overdue. I think uh, I've always thought that books are incredible value, actually. Um, Considering the amount of time, effort, and and. Yeah, creativity gets poured into them, and the full color yeah. nature and stuff like that, um, and 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 the amount of play. You get, well, okay, I'm going to do this with a pinch of salt. <laughs> the amount yeah, of yeah. play that you may get out of them if you're dedicated to that one game. Um, yeah, I, I I feel we probably don't get the full value out of any of the games we own because we play so many different ones. But if you were to sit down with one of these, well. D&D, again, that's a little bit different in that you kind of have to get a bunch of books. But with most RPG core books, you can sit down. If you were to do that every week, you can have many, many, many more uh, hours of entertainment than you would get from spending the same money on cinema tickets, for example. Yeah, or going out for dinner or something. Yeah. yeah. and No, absolutely. With the view that a rising tide uh, raises all the ships... Um, then I think that this is, if D&D are doing it, I think it'll be easier for small independent companies to put their prices up as well and yeah. and maintain quality of everything, quality of production, quality of um, writing. 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Certainly here in the UK, <clears throat> you know, at what you know, everyone keeps talking about, you know, the, the, the cost of living crisis and everything. Um, I guess you could, you could look at a price rise as an unwelcome thing, where people's incomes are a little bit, you know, constricted at the moment. Um, but again, it's about where you spend your money, isn't it? So if you're, why often, you know, with, a, with let's say a video game, <clears throat> There are some video games where I paid, I don't know, 15 quid or 20 quid for them back in the day. Mm -hmm. And one in particular I've played for about three and a half thousand hours over 10 years. If I work out what the cost of that is per hour, it's it's almost nothing. Yeah. Um, so I think there's definitely thing of, of like saying, well, I won't go out to McDonald's next week or to the cinema. Like you say, like cinema is now getting really expensive um, for that one experience. But I will buy a game that I can then play and play and play and play. So hopefully the the price rise won't be um, too difficult or too much of a shock to too many people on the, in the community. And um, it's something that we we'll want to invest in. And like you say, if, if other producers are able to get a slightly better, well, either a slightly better margin or um, pay their creators slightly more. Well, this is what I was going to say. Wouldn't it be nice if that 20% pay rise was or 20% price rise was reflected in their 20% um, rise for creators because we have often yeah. said that creators aren't paid enough. You especially these last few months. Oh, quite tiresome. But um... <laughs> Yeah, I've got paid bugger all these last few months compared to what I would have done if I'd stayed in the civil service. Yeah. Um, but that was that was my choice, you know, so I'm... Yeah, but no, it, you know, I think, you know, you know if I'm people... Not, I'm not complaining about it. So. If people can recognise that the, you know, the, 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 the hard work that goes in by writers and illustrators and stuff like that and yeah. and recognize that that's what they're paying for they're not just paying for a book then yeah that'd be good and yeah i would like to see um daily rates uh, not daily rates word rates i should say going up for the um price per word commensurately but we'll have to wait and see whether that's happening yeah no agreed um cool well that's quite a lot in world of gaming again this week yeah so shall yeah, we crack right. on with what my else uh... we've got to talk about? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So, alien and colonies and archetypes. Three new careers for you. Let's uh, let's listen. When Dave was putting together his West Marches style alien the colony campaign back in the winter of 2020 2021, I was very keen to help out by suggesting new careers that might fill out the population of a colony in the alien setting. This is something that had been bubbling away in the back of my mind since we first had access to the alien rules, to playtest and to create the Last Hopes Adventures. Creating, what was it, 18 player characters for the adventures all at once made me think that the options were quite limited. Of course, they work very well for recreating the iconic types of characters we see in the first two films, but relying on just those archetypes can be a little constraining for populating other situations. As evidence, I give you River of Pain, the risable novel that explains what was happening in Hadley's Hope before the Marines arrive. Who is in Hadley's Hope before the Marines arrive? A bunch of Marines, apparently, because the author couldn't think out of the box about who might actually populate even an early-stage colony like this. Luckily, there is one career in the Alien Core book that isn't inspired by either film. Instead, the inspiration for the Sean Connery career, I mean, the Marshall career, is obviously Outland which brings us back to the Colony campaign. I knew who I wanted to play, Inspector Xu, a world-weary detective of Chinese descent. I could easily adapt the martial career to that. But what about the other people that inhabit a colony? They couldn't all be roughnecks and pilots, could they? What about the civilian roles? They can't all be company men, can they? pushing each other into danger to save their own lives? 
One of the ideas I wanted to explore actually came from Hope's Last Dance, the convention adventure that became Hope's Last Day in the core book. Inspired by Brett and Parker in Alien, we had made the PCs in Last Dance, as opposed to Last Day, members of the Union Brass Band. The films can be read as a warning against rampant capitalism and one of our few defences against capitalism gone mad is organised labour. So I always saw Brett and Parker as the voices of reason in the original movie. I think we can all agree that the film would have been a lot shorter and safer if they had got union representation at the table when they were ordered to go and investigate the distress signal. The Union Brass Band was written out of the version that was in the core book, but I was determined to give players the opportunity to play Union members in the Colony campaign. So I created the Organiser career. This world is your world. This world is my world. This world was made for you and me. You are the champion of the people giving the working man a voice against bureaucracy and corporate power. You might be a union steward, a rabble-rousing firebrand, or a community worker. You listen to the voice of the unheard, stand up for the right of the downtrodden, and if necessary, you can bring people together to speak with one voice or to act with the will of the majority. I gave the organiser three sample agendas to broaden the concept. The first was, There is a way of running things that doesn't treat people like meat. You know you can work with the management to make things better. Or, You want a seat at the top table and can leverage the workforce to put you there. Or, You are working for another government and want to sow dissent without being caught. And of course, three sample signature items, including an old copy of Marx's Das Kapital, your father's broken watch, his retirement gift, and, with a nod to contemporary events, your great-grandmother's knitted pussy hat. Something else that annoyed me about River of Pain was the idea that Newt had no one to hang around with other than the Marines or the cook. She was treated much better in Newt's Tale, the two-part Dark Horse comic. In that story, she had at least her brother, Timmy. But a well-organised colony would have had some sort of care for the children while their parents were working. So, I created the educator career. We are building better worlds, one mind at a time. You might be in charge of kindergarten, teaching high school or training people in essential skills at a technical college. People tend to look down on those who teach, saying they can't do, but they don't know that educators must be multi-skilled and adaptable and resilient too. To survive in this job, you need to be able to read the mood of a crowd, stay calm when things are in danger of getting out of hand. It might cast teachers in a rather more heroic mode than you remember from your own school days, but their personal agendas are more recognisable, I think. You hate conflict and always try and get people to talk calmly about their differences. Or you try and get people to improve themselves. Or you need a drink. You've not told anyone about your alcohol problem. There signature items might bring a tear to the eye, considering the dangers most PCs in an alien game face. Your class register, a world's best teacher mug, or a letter from an ex-pupil who's done well. Right, we've got the workers organised, their children being looked after. Next, we need to fill... Next, we need to feed them. So my third suggested career is agrarian. People got to eat and you are the one that is going to feed them. It's a rare colony that takes you out on rolling fields under a wide blue sky. You might be farming bugs or fungi for protein or growing plants in an enormous hydroponics hall. Different colonies need different types of farm, but the skills are pretty transferable. 
Somehow, you have to turn the minerals of the soil, the compounds in the atmosphere, and the waste out of the other colonists into something edible. The agrarian has agendas that, on reflection, could encourage a certain psychopathy in the character, or at least suspicions from the other PCs. You look at every creature with a view to how it might be turned into food. Or every decision you make is influenced by your desire to turn every world into a rural paradise. Or, without your skills, the people here would starve. They should listen more to people like you. Their significant item could be a lucky rabbit's foot, the homestead papers that promise you a slice of this colony, a trowel you've had with you since agricultural college. The last colonial career I came up with was the surveyor. But what I realised, looking at the surveyor career, is that I was describing three different takes on core book concepts. A roughneck prospector, a company man quantity surveyor, and a scientist geologist. So maybe my initial reaction to creating PCs for Last Hopes was wrong. Nothing I have read out to you over the last few minutes changes the mechanics of the game. Yes, I did choose key attributes for each career and skills, but those have a minor effect in play. All this, everything I've told you about, is just fluff. And as fluff, it can be swapped in to your particular vision. If you want to play a union representative, swap out the fluff and the agendas from, say, the roughneck, the pilot or the officer and replace it with my suggested fluff or something like it. Similarly, the agrarian could be a scientist or roughneck, depending on what version farmer you want. Don't see the core careers as limiting. Decide who you want to be and change one of the careers to make it fit. You don't even have to keep the same key skills, if you are inspired to think that a certain skill might better reflect your concept. This isn't really a system you can power game after all. I think I even did that with Inspector Shu, asking Dave if I could have a different, more appropriate starting talent to the ones on offer. And GMs. If a player comes to you asking to swap something out, don't be a dick. Let them make the change. Their character has very little chance of surviving to the end of the adventure anyway. So, yeah, that's that interesting, interesting chat there. It was it takes me back to those days, what, two, three years ago when we were um, talking about colonies and then running the Alien the Colony uh, campaign that we did for a while, which... I still have an aspiration to try and restart that at some point. It's just trying to squeeze it into um, an otherwise pretty pretty full docket at the moment. Um, but I think yeah, I mean, there's you know the the original archetypes in the books are specifically designed to recreate the characters from the movies. Mm. You know they are they are giving you um, you know the likes of Ripley, the likes of Dallas, the likes of um, the Colonial Marines. Um, the likes of Parker and Brett's name. Um, now I was thinking of um, Sean Connery in Outland. I don't remember the character's name, but oh, uh, I can't remember his actual you know, name as, as a character. No, as, as a marshal. Yeah. So it's giving you those kind of tropes, which is which is playing exactly where you want, and um, they're designed to deliver you that kind of character. But I think you know your point at the end there, which is you know around. Frankly, you can kind of make up any character you like. You know, using these as a framework. Um, you know, that's absolutely true. I think, you know, with a bit of imagination, you could create, you know, uh, certainly on the, on the, on the, you know, in a colony, you know, you are looking at pretty much any character you want. If you want to play a farmer, you can play a farmer. If mm. you want to play a miner, you know, if you want to play a cleaner or you want to play a factory worker, if you, or you want to play a marshal or whatever, um, the, you know, the, the 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 the, yes. the the realm that the spectrum is very very wide of what you might want to choose and naturally having um the the quite narrow archetypes may well make it difficult for you to imagine how you fit the character concept you want into that game but you know you're saying 
and I'm agreeing that, well, use a bit of imagination. Yeah. Do what you like, almost. Yeah, I, I think that that is true. So, um, you know, it was very easy to take the Marshall character and turn it into a down at heel um, detective. Uh, yeah. I think, I can't remember exactly what I asked for, but I'm pretty sure I did kind of make a change to what was available on the Marshall template. Um, can you remember what I asked I, for? I don't remember off the top of my head now, no. But I got a vague um, idea that there was either a, um, well, we'll come to actually a point on skills that I've just thought of, but but there was a, there was a talent or something on the Marshall template and there was one later on in the book and I wanted to have that one's a starting talent, the later on one, rather than rather than the Marshall one. Because yeah. the Marshall one's all kind of a bit shooty, I seem to remember. Um, and and that one I, I thought was better for the sort of detective character I wanted to play. Um, what we had done was created a bunch of talents as well. Yeah. But and we I can't talk about those, can we? Uh, no, because for various reasons. Yeah. As people will see when certain products appear <laughs> in their inboxes or in the shops. Yeah, so if you were yeah. listening to those archetypes and thinking, but what are the special talents? Um, yeah, that that uh, all may be revealed later on, or if not all, then we will reveal the rest in a later episode. I think that might be a way to say it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so, you know, you can swap. I think, I think the, if you think about those archetypes from the core, but they are 99% fluff actually, with some relatively arbitrary and vaguely balanced decisions about what, what might be your, your key attribute or your key skills. But I think a GM should be willing to flex on those if somebody says, well, I want to be a scientist, but actually I want to be the sort of scientist that it works in the agrarian, you know, the hydroponic centre or something like that. So yeah. effectively a farmer, that's how you do your farmer. Or you might say, I want to be a proper, you know, farm machinery farmer well then you probably take the roughneck one as a as a starter and and change some of the stuff about yeah there. um i think you know the like you say the the archetypes yeah it's, it's, it's less about changing the archetypes it's more about saying this is my character and tweaking that archetype fits that perfectly yeah so like you say you know being a farmer could easily be a scientist or it could be a uh, you know a roughneck or it could possibly be something else. Yeah, um, could be a, a company man, you know, you know, if you're a sort of farm manager style over, you know, acres and acres of farmland. Um, yeah, and I think, like we said, the, the archetypes deliver you a character from the movie Yeah, as they stand. Hmm. And, you know, you know what you're getting. If you choose that archetype and you follow it as, as the rules are written, then you will get a character that's going to be a bit like that, a bit like Parker, a bit like Dallas, a bit like whoever. Um, but as you kind of move into the campaign sphere of alien you might want a wider diversity of character in which case come up with the idea and choose the archetype that fits it yeah best to you and i think you know i did struggle uh, putting together those characters for for the last hopes games but you know mm. we were new to the system back then and i think on reflection yeah. now feeling more mature and more confident in the system it wouldn't be such a struggle actually um, well, it was interesting. I remember um, putting together one and, and choosing what I thought the archetypes should be. And so, and so two or three of them were, were roughnecks. Yeah. Because, you know, that's what you had. You had, you know, the roughnecks. And they, and they were a team. And then uh, subsequently Thomas said, no, nah, you know, let's, let's, you know let's, let's have five different archetypes. Mm. So, which is, again, fair enough um, for those demo games. But I don't think I was wrong in making that decision in the first place. No. In terms of the, in terms of the story, but actually in terms of a demo of the game, then yes, you do want different archetypes. Yeah, yeah, I think in terms of what we so. were doing then, where we had to wonder, this is what you get in the game. I think uh, yeah, we had to stitch them, and that was a bit of a challenge, yeah. maybe, to make that very, very specifically colony based demo into something where everybody could shine. You know, there was hardly an yes. opportunity. Except in one of the adventures right at the end, well, a couple of the adventures right at the end where, where you could say, oh, I'm a pilot, I can do this. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's so there were, things were a bit limiting there. But, you know, I think your pilot could be a union leader or whatever, as well as having some skills in, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah, cool. Good stuff, good stuff. We're hitting the end of the episode. 
Um, we are. What next? Well, we know what's happening next well, week, next time. Next it's... UK Games Expo. Yeah, our sixth anniversary you, spectacular that were, we've been planning were you, were for. Were you not listening earlier, Matthew? <laughs> 12, 12 months as well, ever since the fifth anniversary. Yes, indeed. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. Looking forward to it and looking forward to meeting any and everyone who wants to come along and say hello. So uh, come along to UK Games Expo and let's have a fabulous weekend. You have been listening to The Effect Podcast, presented by Fiction Suit and the RPG Gods. Music stars on a black sea, used with permission of Free League Publishing. It, until then, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. And may the icons bless your adventures. <laughs>